Podcast. It's me, Charlotte Henry. We made it through 2021 and we're here for 2022. And we're starting off the year the right way? Maybe. Jeff Gamet's here. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I am doing great, Charlotte, and I am genuinely happy to be here with you. And it's a special treat for me because, no kidding, this is my very first podcast of 2022. Yes, I noticed you were on the first Mac Observer podcast of 2022, which uh, Brian Chaffin put out the latest edition of Apple Context Machine on the 1st of January. I think that went out. So you are the, I think you're the going to be two of the first three Mac Observer podcasts of the year by the time this one gets published. So, you know, kind of a big deal around here still. I, I guess so. Well, <laughs> you know, um, uh, well, it, it's hard to get rid of me. Yes, we've tried. Um, <laughs> happy <laughs> Uh, a happy new year to you. Happy new year to all my lovely listeners. And we thought we'd have a little look ahead of what's going to happen in 2022, because it really could be quite a big year in this world of digital media and particularly what Apple is going to do in 2022 in digital media. Um, on the last show of last year of 2021, Mark Gurman and I were looking back at kind of what had been, he made a few predictions at what might come and what we think Apple should do better. Um, so let, let's kind of pick up where we left off, Jeff. First of all, what did you make of Apple in 2021 and its digital media play? And more importantly, where do you think it should go next? You know, I, I think Apple was really strong and really solid in 2021. They had uh, some, some uh, uh, really popular shows. They had uh, some... Uh, oh, wait, uh, wait, wait, two, wait, wait. I'm going to have to pull you up already. Mm-hmm. Did they have some really popular shows or did they have some shows that we watched? Um, how about Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso was extremely popular. Did anything yes. beyond that be extremely popular? I think there was a bit of hate watching of um, The Morning Show, which I was really disappointed with season two. Um, I haven't watched it. It's a hot mess. Okay. Well, thank you for, for saving me <laughs> the time. Um, but yes, I think Ted Lasso, as we've said so many times on the show, is the kind of exception to a lot of what we say about Apple, particularly Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering Foundation. what else. Foundation, did that really break through in the same way? Okay. It was impressive to look at. Foundation. Oh, no, wait. Ted Lasso is in a class by itself. Yes. Agreed. So so you have to say Ted Lasso, and then you have to look at everything else and uh, and compare it in the way that we would shows across other networks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Foundation did very well. And, uh, um, of course, because... There are so many people that have so many passionate ideas about what uh, that property should be. Um, it was, yeah, it, it caused people uh, had thoughts. People. people have thoughts, mm. but overall, the show did uh, very well, and uh, and I expect that um, just the fact that Apple was willing to put so much money into a property like that shows that uh, that they are willing to step up and uh, and play the big kids game. That was, uh, I said this with Jeff Butts when we discussed it on the show, well, that was some expensive TV foundation. It, it was expensive TV. It was mm. beautiful TV. Mm. 
And um, uh, yeah. So yeah, look, well, there's things to look forward to, isn't there? In 2022, we've got the next season of Mythic Quest. I assume will be out this year. Um, there's uh, Tragedy of Macbeth is going to be. In, it's already in theaters. That came out in theaters over Christmas, but should be on Apple TV Plus. I think it's the 14th of January. It's actually going to be available for streaming. So you know that's two kind of things already. I assume we'll have the next season of Ted Lasso. We'll have the next season of the Morning Show. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess there could even be some more foundation towards the end of the year. Maybe it's quite a big thing to turn around. That's a, that's a pretty big show to turn around. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it might be 2023 before we get another season of foundation just because of, uh, of how much is involved in the production. Yeah. No, I think that's not unreasonable. Um, so what are we going to be left with it? I mean, we can always be surprised by things. We didn't know a show about a random, um, you know, with Jason Sudeikis based on an NBC advert was going to be the biggest thing ever. So we can always be surprised, right? Right. Okay. So, uh, we still haven't seen everything that Apple, uh, was even planning at the beginning. That's absolutely true, and a good point to keep reminding ourselves. Right. So, uh, uh, where's the the Ronald Moore show? The mm. uh, the not to be confused with um, um, for all mankind. Yeah. But his alternate sci-fi uh, thing. It's like. Or I guess yeah, this takes place in him. the future there's, as opposed to the past. Yes, there's there's more to come from him, isn't there? Right. Um, and you know, and of course, we don't know everything that Apple has up their sleeve. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I hate when I forget names of shows. The uh, the the one that that's. Um, uh, the story about the woman that is trying to find out what really happened with her dad and the way he, he was killed. Um, oh, I don't know that one. Yes, but the, I think your point stands that there is quite a lot to come. And, you know, we've got, you know, things that might be reprised. We've got things that have only just started as well, haven't we, on TV Plus. But I, I think that this surely has to be the year to that it really establishes itself right and really makes a play more than just the odd one or two shows that break through 2022 i feel is a really big year for tv plus we said that about 2021 because it was the year where people were going to have to start paying for it Mm -hmm. 2022 surely has to be the year where people decide they can't be they have to encourage people not to feel like they can't be bothered to pay for it anymore if you see what i mean Right. And I think a lot of the content that they've been putting out over uh, 2021 helps uh, reinforce the idea that, hey, you need to be watching uh, uh, our content. And I have a feeling that 2022 is going to bring us more movies under the, uh, the Apple umbrella. And I'm going to toss out a total uh, uh, harebrained theory. The, the exact sort of thing that uh, Dave Hamilton would uh, in, uh, emotionally support. You know, okay. because, he, because, you know, Dave, he's, he's into supporting any crazy theory or idea. 
what if Tom Hanks aligns himself with Apple for his movies? Okay, so this is a fun idea, and you poked on a thing that makes me, you know, have a little chuckle to myself because, of course, the beginning of the Tom Hanks relationship with Apple was a little bit fraught. <laughs> yes. Uh, he went on TV kind of unhappy that his show was quote unquote, well, this is not his direct quote, but it was, he was basically like, I'm a bit upset. My thing's only available for streaming. Quickly walked that back and was like, no, I really love Apple. Um, and then put his another movie, Finch, quite recently out on TV Plus. So mm-hmm. there obviously is a relationship there. I can definitely see a world in which there are more Tom Hanks movies on Apple TV Plus, particularly mm-hmm. if he can strike a kind of deal where they're both in theatres and on TV Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's prepared to go full Oprah and really be embedded into the whole project, I'm not entirely sure. But hey, it's possible. It's possible. And now, Tom, he does movies with a bunch of different studios. Indeed. So he's kind of uh, a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of him. He, mm. He's done some stuff. Mm. Uh, so a lot of that would have to do with, uh, with studios agreeing to partner with Apple for the movies. Because Apple doesn't actually make the movies themselves. No, they, some of them are branded Apple original films, but they're, Apple doesn't run a movie studio. It is taking... Yet. Them. We'll come to that. Pause. You're right. Um, but at the moment, it is bringing content, buying products. Coda is a good example of this. Did really well at, a film fe- at the film festival. Um, and then Apple kind of brought it into the Apple original movies fold. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to dig more into this movies thing, actually, because I think it's a very important point. And then I kind of want to move away from TV Plus because there's more to discuss. But okay. I just want to do a quick reminder of what we're expecting at the kind of beginning of this year. So I've mentioned uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. We've also got the after party, which has Tiffany Haddish and a load of other stars in it. And that's coming on January the 28th. Uh, El Defo is coming out in a few days. That's on Friday. It's based on a best-selling graphic novel. That's January the 7th. That's coming out. Uh, We've got Severance from Ben Stiller on February the 18th. Um, And so that's already a few big-name things to kind of get through the first few weeks of the year. Mm -hmm. That's that's a pretty solid lineup of, of content. That's covering yeah. about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And we also learned in Jan- in December that Truth Be Told, to, with which stars Octavia Spencer. Truth Be Told, that's the that's the uh, the series I was thinking of. Oh, Thank I, you. I, okay. Yes, I wondered if that was the one yep, you was were it. thinking yep. of. New season of that. Looking yeah, that, forward to that. That will surely appear at some point this year. We heard that it's been renewed for th- season three in December. So there's a there's a fair bit still to come. We've got season mm-hmm. three of Servant as well. That's going to return on January the 21st. So there's a chunk ready to go already. Right. Yeah. And that's just the stuff we know about. And that's just the stuff we know about sitting here today, right now. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and, 
And Apple has what I've been jokingly referring to as their Vulture crew. And the Vulture crew, that's the group that... Are we allowed to say this out loud? Is this this going to get us into trouble referring to Apple employees, who I'm sure are very nice people as Vulture crew? Oh, I'm I'm sure that they they love that I say this. Of okay, course, fine. Fine. Um, maybe this I'll is why they never return my calls. Okay, so Vulture Crew, it's it's the the team that's watching for all the 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 movies that they think would be uh, good properties that for whatever reason are suddenly having an issue getting uh, uh, actually released, and yes. so then they swoop in. And grab those. Yes, 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 yes. Which is which is how we got um, uh, Greyhound. Greyhound, yep, that was the first Tom Hanks movie, um, which basically was struggling because people were not not able to, not willing to go to cinemas, mm-hmm. um, and so Apple scooped that up. Absolutely right. Um, just a couple more things on this movie play, which I think is an important discussion. First of all. Um, Yes, movies are important, and Apple has done a pretty good job. Like the movies tend to be pretty solid, have big names in them. You know, some you like, some you don't. But you know, there's nothing that's I don't think totally useless on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but movies are also very expensive to produce, but maybe not when you compare that to like something like Foundation. Right, yeah. Foundation, I'm sure, has uh, has a movie level budget, probably least, for each yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, so with the movies, yes, you you invest a lot of money in them, but the trade off is you can make a lot of money off of movies. Yeah, especially if we're in an era where people are accepting uh, that things are available both in theaters and via streaming service. You know, the kind of Disney play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can see that. And we've also heard stories of Apple buying retail estate kind of that's for production purposes or looking to buy real estate for production purposes. That could mm-hmm. feed into your theory as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um uh I think Apple's at the point where it would be reasonable for them to invest in uh in a property you know, like real estate property yes. where they can have their, their own production studios. Um, Apple's on an accelerated path compared to Netflix. Sure. Because, you know, for Netflix. I, actually, I think it, it's important. We keep reminding ourselves of that actually, because it's very easy and I'm, you know, quite been perfectly critical of some things I've watched on TV plus thoroughly enjoyed some other things, but um, there's always a temptation, particularly when it's Apple to go, well, why aren't they just doing more? They have all the money, just do more. And I understand that temptation, but I think you're very right to point out how early on in this process we really are for Apple and how different it is to every other part of Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a completely new space for Apple. And if you look at what Netflix was doing at this point in the game, you know, when they when they were doing original content, mm. they didn't have as much as Apple does now. But is that you know, they, oh, but yes, but this brings us back to the whole debate around buying um, back catalog. Is that something you could? I mean, Mark Gurman was quite keen. I sort of have a lot of sympathy with it that Apple should 
be using 2022 to build up its back catalogue by buying other stuff beyond the kind of few bits of peanut, you know, peanut specials that it has and whatever. Is that something you think they could should do in 2022? I think at some point they have to. Because that is becoming the prevailing view, isn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, look, look at Netflix, look mm-hmm. at uh, Amazon Prime, um, and uh, look at Showtime, HBO, yep. Max, and uh, Disney, and just go down the line. There's a back catalog. Regardless of, of how they got it, there's a back catalog. And, um, and that's the piece that Apple's missing right now. So, yeah, they need to to acquire more uh, uh, stuff for their back catalog. Let's go beyond TV and films now. Let's talk about podcasting and original podcasting. Mm-hmm. You and I have discussed this a couple of times when you've been kind enough to jump on the show, particularly around the show The Line, which I at first didn't like. You told me to keep listening. You were then proved right, and the ending was really good, and it was really well done and broke some news. Um, podcast, you know, audio broadly, this is you know, slightly crude way of looking at it, but generally is cheaper to produce mm-hmm. than TV. High, and by which I mean high quality audio. And yes, you're paying for the reporting time and so on. But overall, the, the production costs associated with audio, original audio are cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um. Apple is obviously deeply, deeply associated with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Surely we sh- this should now move, Apple should move its original podcast offering beyond a few TV plus offshoots. If Apple does that, they need to uh, totally rip off uh, NPR. And I, and I don't mean like go and steal all of their stuff, but look at what NPR is doing and follow that model. Highly produced quality content. Um, actually, they they should offer Sarah Koenig a ton of money and uh, bring her on board. Well, the cereal has been bought bought elsewhere, isn't it? That's with this, that's got the association with the New York Times now. Everything to do with cereal. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but Apple Apple needs something like that. They they need to have if they're if they're going to produce sure, content like that, they need people like Sarah. We, I mean, we've been talking about. I mean, every conversation about original podcasting and people making podcasts comes back to you. They need to make cereal. Um, I well, can't. It, it do, sorry, can I just say cereal. how hard I am resisting doing the in, you know doing the ending and the music. I can't tell you the level of self-restraint I'm having to apply now. <laughs> and this is why I love you, Charlotte. Right. But yeah, your point about high, I'm actually thinking more, I mean, I don't know if it could do it like, you know, the Ronan Farrow catch and kill podcast, which there was a TV offshoot that went to HBO, mm-hmm. HBO Max. You know, I think you're right about Apple's sweet spot in this is highly produced um, deep dive type content. It can do right. the offshoot and chatting stuff. You know, the John Stewart podcast is really fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. But I think the line is more the model, isn't it? Yeah, it's about the model. And yeah, so when I say they need to hire Sarah Koenig, or Koenig uh, what I mean is they need to hire someone that has the experience and skill set that that she has. Mm. to help run that whole 
program, not so much they need to make serial clones. Right, which is always, I think, has become just too tempting for people who are making podcasts, but it doesn't necessarily do the job because people know what what the real deal is. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm slightly surprised, again, going back to the kind of offshoot thing, I'm slightly surprised they haven't done shows where people are talking about watching TV Plus shows, you know, pretty cheap content to produce. You could do an episode by episode thing of some of the dramas. Slightly surprised they haven't made that kind of move as well. So now I'm wondering, Charlotte, why hasn't Apple approached you yet? Look, Jeff, it's a great question. It's not it's not one for me to answer. But, you know, if they want a couple of people who watch a lot of TV and are happy to chat rubbish about it to each other, you and I can make ourselves available for the right price, I'm sure. Yes, Uh Everyone has a price, and uh, and I'm sure Apple can afford ours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, it's a serious point. I've listened to shows like that produced by you know for Succession, produced by Vanity Fair, and so on. I just think there's so much more. Apple does a pretty good job of making its different bits of media connected. You know, podcasts. You know, the John Stewart offshoot, Oprah Winfrey, Apple Music Radio. all those kind of things. It does a pretty good job, but there are still some gaps to be plugged. And I would like to see 2022 as the year they plug some of those gaps. But keep in mind, Apple doesn't rush anything. No. They're slow. They're methodical. And, uh, and that tells me that you're probably right. This is the year that they, they start plugging some of those podcast holes. Yes. I think that that must be right. But also, I think there is a place for totally separate, the kind of highly produced seasons you're talking about that are totally not related to anything you can watch as well. You know, standalone, highly mm-hmm. produced audio content. Right. Yeah. The kind of stuff that they started doing with Jon Stewart. No, more the kind of serial model that you're talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I think that's where the space more, more is. More like as what well. they did with the line. More the line, more, yeah, the, the NPR model that you are describing, I think, is is a place that Apple could perform very well in, I think. I think so. Yep, I agree. Uh, and what about music? I mean, we've seen, you know, lossless audio introduced. We've seen, but it's still, you know, I like Apple music, as I've said before. I know lots of people don't. I happen to like it for a whole manner of reasons not least being totally trapped in the ecosystem and it just makes my life easier. Um, but what, what what next for Apple Music? What can they do to really at least take a swing at Spotify? Because Spotify has taken a swing by getting big podcasts on board. Um, so where, where, given that Apple has gone the opposite way and split off podcasts and music into different apps. Where, where do you see Apple Music going over the next 12 months? Uh, it's a good thing you're sitting down because my take is Apple needs to blatantly rip off Spotify. <laughs> okay, here, here's what I mean. Look at look at the way you can build playlists. What, look at what's discoverability. Good about the, what's good about Apple your suggestion that Apple rip off Spotify is that that would in no way create any legal back 
backlash at all and there would be no rows between the companies. Of course not, because they love each other. They would love each other and be absolutely fine. So no, but what Apple needs to do is look at the way Spotify is uh, is handling content discoverability, the way that they've they've created the ability to do collaborative playlists, the way that they've set it up so that uh, people on the outside can uh, can easily build into Spotify and uh, and help people find the content that they want. Apple needs to model what they're doing after what Spotify is doing. And if they can do that, then I think Apple can uh, can really compete head-to-head with what Spotify is doing. doesn't matter that they have music and podcasts and different apps as opposed to Spotify where it's all one. It's, it's about the discoverability and, uh, and usability of that uh, music content. Mm. And you don't think things like the additional radio style content is enough to compete? Not even close. Nope. It's, it's good to have that, but um, uh, it's, and this is anecdotal, but I know several people that over 2021 abandoned Apple music and switched to Spotify simply because of, uh, of discoverability and how much you can do with playlists. Yeah, I yeah no, I get it, I get it. Um, as we wrap up this show, if there is one, I'm going to put you under pressure. Actually, if there was one digital media thing that Apple could do that you would either benefit from or just simply enjoy, what would you? If you were, you know, knocking on Tim Cook's door, knocking on Eddie Q's door, knocking on Jamie Ehrlich and Zach Amberg's door, what would you be telling them? Oh man! You Told really you I was going to put you under. You totally put me under pressure with that. Um, I what I would ask them to do is find a way to make all of their content more accessible. Right now, I feel like there's friction in uh, in dealing with all of the different types of content that Apple creates and the way we interact with it and the way we consume it. Explain. Um, Okay. So for example, let's say that over the years you bought a bunch of music, you ripped a bunch of CDs. Right. And now, and now you want to, to interact with that content along with the content that you have through Apple music. Right. How do you do that? Yep. Yep. It's a great question because you don't really, we don't have I, the iTunes library that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. Yeah. And then uh, how about if I want to, to use say shortcuts to mm-hmm. automate what I'm doing and have it and have shortcuts generate playlists on the fly for me based on parameters that I have created that are completely independent of anything that Apple has built into music. Well, I can do that with my own content, but I can't do that with anything on Apple Music. Okay. So for you, 2022 should be about integration. I like that. Yes. It's about integration. So for me, 
First of all, I would like to say, please, please, please don't ruin Mythic Quest and make season three as good as the first two. Please don't ruin it. That's one of my first asks. I think that's a reasonable ask. Thank you. And I think I would like the Apple TV app to be available more widely. And for me, the thing I would really like to see is that original high-level audio content, more of that. Okay. And I think that could be a real, would be really interesting to see how that happens. I, I like your list. And also maybe stop calling everything Apple TV so we know what we're talking about. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Put our stuff together. And I think uh, we have a, a killer business model for Apple's media in 2022. I think it could work. Well, thank you so much, Jeff Gamet, for joining me to fix all these problems. Where can people keep up with you? Uh, oh, first, Charlotte, thank you for having me on. I, I genuinely enjoy getting first to show hang out of, with you. First show of 2022. We're back. I know. It, it feels really good. Um, okay. People can find me on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jay Gamut, both places. YouTube.com slash Jay Gamut for my videos. And um, uh, uh, I do stuff with British Tech Network also. So awesome. I, yeah, uh, I am uh, currently the interim host for the Big Show and the Mac Show. There you go. He gets everywhere that Jeff Gamut. I get so make sure you check him out. I am as ever at Charlotte A Henry on Twitter and over on themacobserver.com. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you next week.